Hello, and welcome to the UX Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Worthington. The goal of UX Hustle is to help UX designers design the career they love, maximizing the benefit of this multifaceted industry and strong community. We talk about what's really going on in UX and what it's like working in it and interview people that are actively navigating their careers and UX. We don't expect to have all the answers, but we do keep searching, keep listening, and learning. Because at the end of the day, you are the user of your career. Hello, and welcome to the UX Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Worthington. And today we are on part four of our four-part series, How to Change Careers into UX. In part one, we talked about how do I know if UX is the right career for me? In part two, we talked about, okay, UX is the right path for me. How do I get the skills I need? And then part three was all about, okay, I got the skills. How do I get the job? And now we're in the place of, I got the job. Now what? Now, This whole series has been about breaking into UX, changing careers into UX, but I think that this episode especially, and really the last episode too, about getting skills, I think applies no matter where you're at in your career, whether you got a new role, your first role, you're stepping into a new title, a new new role, right? Whether that's a new company, industry, whatever, we all make changes in our careers And I've probably said this before on the podcast, I definitely, if you're a client listening, (laughs) you've definitely heard me say this. I believe that no matter what changes we're making in our career, big or small, when you're in it, it feels big. (laughs) So whether you're making a huge transition from one totally different industry into UX, or if you just got promoted as a senior UXer or a lead or director or something, all of those changes feel big when you're in them and feel like a big deal. And it is like, it is (laughs) because that's true for you. I believe it is true. Who cares what people on the outside think if they're like, well, that's just, you know, the natural progression of one's career, or that's not that big of a change. Like I can see all these common threads between where you were and where you're going. That's great. (laughs) That's great when other people can see that, but it's really challenging when we don't see it for ourselves or when a big part of making changes in our careers is being able to internalize that path for ourselves. So I don't want to downplay that. Like that's a big deal. And now that you're getting ready to start or have recently started a new role, your first role, you might be thinking, okay, how do I make the most of this? And that can mean, how do I make the most of this time in between starting this role? How can I make the most of the first 30, 60, 90 days, all of that stuff? It can be very, a time when you're trying to be really strategic. This is where we start to go down a bit of a slippery slope of tying our value and our worth to our careers. So first, I want to take a step back and just say, congratulations, <laughs> because you did it. Look at what you did. You, you did the thing that you've been working so hard to do. Get this job. 
whether it's your first job, a new job, a new promotion, whatever that is, like you've been working towards this and now you did it. So let's take a moment to look at how far you've come, appreciate your accomplishments and celebrate. I think a lot of us forget to do this. We blow by these big accomplishments and act like, oh, well, you know, this was the plan. So I checked the plan. So on to the next thing. Or even worse, I got here or tricked them. And now it's time to see if I got the stuff to actually do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got here because of you. They, the hiring manager, the team, the whoever, said yes, because they believe in you and you showed that. And so you got this, you got this. So take a few moments to appreciate how far you've come, that you achieved the goal that you've been working towards and that you actually freaking did it. That's just, I think that's so amazing. (laughs) And like, I've had so many clients that have come to me thinking, oh, you know, I achieved this big goal and now I want to strategically look at, you know, how, how to make the most of this time now. So I'll sign up for a strategy call and let's like, let's have a roadmap. Let's do all the strategy. And first of all, I love my strategy calls. (laughs) My, My career strategy calls are really valuable and really important and can give you a roadmap that's unique to you that can follow and help you track and align where you want your career to go. And especially when you're starting a new role, like that's not to knock (laughs) my own service (laughs) because it is really important. But what I find so much of the time when, once I get on that call or get on a consult call with someone, the first step that they skip is, oh, we need to celebrate. We celebrate that you made this huge accomplishment. What's something that you're going to do to really solidify, to anchor in this amazing accomplishment that you, that you have, whether that's a promotion, a career change, a big move into your dream company, like let's celebrate. Let's, I think that's really important. And what's funny is I've, I've had two clients over the last two months that have made big big, huge accomplishments in their career. And both of them bought a car, (laughs) bought a car. And these aren't, you know, this isn't like flash, flashy city time, you know, it's, these are people that knew, knew they needed to celebrate and celebrate with something that was, you know, for, for some people, they needed a new car (laughs) and they got something nicer than maybe they normally would have gotten because because they knew they wanted to celebrate they knew that that was something that was important to them and that they put themselves in a position where they can they can get that nicer car that they wanted and for other people it's you know i really love cars <laughs> and i forgot how much i forgot how much i loved that and so i want to buy a car that i'm really excited about and you know that's a bit of an extreme example you know, for, for some people listening that might be like, man, I'm not really a car person. And that's totally fine. <laughs> you don't have to buy a car to celebrate. It's doing something. 
I've bought like a purse before that made me really happy or a scarf or a crystal or whatever floats your boat, you know, it's, it's, and it doesn't have to be monetary. It can just be, you know, going on a nice long walk. It can be, I don't know, like cleaning your car can feel really nice too. (laughs) I've been doing a cleaning week, which you'll hear about in a future episode, but so cleaning's on my mind. So anyway, not to belabor the point, but celebrate, celebrate your accomplishments and how far you got. Now, depending on where you're at in starting your new role, take what you need. So one of the first things I like to do and what I recommend clients do is reflect. A lot of the time we forget to reflect and integrate our past experience into our present. We blow by and say, see ya (laughs) to the things we didn't like and assume this new shiny role and opportunity and team will wash away whatever our old gripes were. And maybe you've worked already worked through this before you applied to this job, but maybe not. And that's okay. Maybe you haven't thought about, you know, what was the experience that you had in your last role, in your last career? And what are you bringing with you? And what are you not bringing with you? What do you need to resolve, even just internally, from those past experiences to make sure that you're not continuing a cycle moving forward into your new career or your new role. So what I recommend, and honestly, I do this very regularly. I go through the majority of these questions in some capacity pretty much every day. I'm not saying you have to do that. (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of implications to asking these kinds of questions for yourself, no matter where you're at, in your career, in, you know, landing a job in wherever that is. So reflecting, write out what you learned from your last role, from your last career, from the last company you worked at, from the last team that you were on. What did you learn? What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? Knowing what you didn't enjoy is underrated. (laughs) Sometimes it feels like you're complaining but you're not. You're writing this down in a journal. (laughs) It's really not impacting anyone except you. It's okay to complain in your journal. (laughs) It's okay to know what you don't like, to know the kinds of experiences that you didn't enjoy and why. Why didn't you enjoy that? What about it frustrated you? And what did you enjoy? Sometimes that can be the part that we overlook. I know when I was leaving my first career, I was like, bye, (laughs) see ya. And didn't really think about a lot of the positive things that came out of that experience. And sometimes you kind of put yourself in a couple different places and sometimes it comes in waves. So at times after leaving that career, I would feel sad. And just think of all the things that I did enjoy, all the opportunities I had, all the, the times that were really exciting and fun. Other times I would get really angry (laughs) about all the things I hated, all the things I didn't enjoy, all the frustrating times. 
the ways that it, it didn't align with where I wanted my career and life to go. And other times I would be in this really weird middle neutral place where I didn't feel a whole lot of anything. I could see all the sides, but it wasn't, I saw that career and that job as a lily pad on my journey forward. And that was it. And so that's why I encourage you to write these things out and maybe return to this question a few times over the course of a week or so. Because sometimes we just look at things differently depending on a variety of variables. (laughs) So reflect back on that experience. Write out how you're feeling now. How are you feeling right now? If you're about to step into a new role, if you've just started a role and you're navigating that and figuring that out, are you excited? Are you nervous? How are you feeling? And there are no wrong answers. (laughs) Um, There's no wrong answers. There are times when you start a new role and you're super excited. And there are other times when you're really nervous and apprehensive. And other times where you're just like, you know what, this is just that that first step that I need. And I see this as a very transactional thing. And that's that's okay too. No wrong, no wrong answers, no shame. So after we've done reflecting, the next piece is what I call empowering of looking back at that experience and really pulling what lessons you can learn from that. Of what do I know now? that I didn't know before? What do I know about myself, about my career, about my relationship with my career, my relationship with my job that I didn't know before, that my past experiences have helped me figure out? What will you use from this experience moving forward? What are you going to take with you? And the flip side, what are you not taking with you? How will you approach this new career, this new role, similarly or differently as you did before? And that can mean lots of different things (laughs) to lots of different people. That can look like as simple as I'm approaching my career with a lot more curiosity than I used to. I'm approaching my career with more enthusiasm. And maybe I had a lot of enthusiasm in my past jobs. I just didn't feel it. I didn't realize it. Other people saw it, but I didn't. So look at those experiences and think, what am I bringing with me? What do I want? What have I learned? What do I want to use going forward? Now, the next step is envision. Usually we kind of skip ahead (laughs) to this part and we skip over looking at our past experience. We skip over looking at what do we want to take with us? What do we want to learn from this? And we skip and we go, oh my gosh, look how amazing this is going to (laughs) be. Let's get really excited. Let's get so clear on, oh my gosh, how amazing this new opportunity is going to be. And looking into that future is still important. It's just not the first step. So 
what are you excited about for this new role? Nervous about. Because nervous and excited can feel very similar. It's just how we look at them. And what I mean by that is, and again, if you're a client, you've heard me say this, like the feeling of being nervous before getting on stage, for example. For me, whenever I feel that feeling, I go, ooh, I'm excited. I'm going to change my relationship with this feeling to empower me rather than to disempower me. And I think of it like a roller coaster. You know, when you're going up, 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 up to the top of a roller coaster and you have that really nervous feeling, but it's like a fun nervous. It's, it really is excitement. Like you're excited to get to the top so that you can go down and you're wanting to do that. It's just, it's that relationship you have with the feeling. And I want to be careful when I talk about things like that, because I think sometimes that has a very toxic positivity sound to it. And maybe in a lot, maybe in some ways it it truly is, is that. And so there's also nothing wrong with being nervous. (laughs) Like I'm playing around with that lately of just being like, oh, I'm nervous and it's okay to be nervous. I don't have to like rebrand my nervousness to trick myself into looking at it in a positive way. I just want to offer that to you because that used to be really helpful for me. (laughs) That used to be really helpful to get me excited and able to do some things that I was, I was scared of doing like speaking on stage, but wanted to do, but was excited to do. So again, take what you need, leave what you don't. And there's nothing wrong with feeling nervous before starting a job. (laughs) You don't have to reframe it as excitement if that doesn't feel true for you. So what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? Who are you wanting to be? And again, this might sound like a new man on campus (laughs) type of question, type of vibe. And in a way it is, oh, in a way it is, it's really being clear on how do you want to step into this new role? And it's not saying like, fake it till you make it and like be a different version of yourself. No, what it's more, what aspects of yourself do you want to highlight? Aspects of yourself that are really there, that are truly you, that you want to be more present in, in this new opportunity. How do you want to interact with other people? Because you do get a new opportunity to choose how you interact with other people how you show up in your career. And that's a great opportunity. That's a great opportunity. If in your last job or career, you felt like you were really timid, I did. I felt so timid in my old career sometimes. And when I was stepping into user experience design, I made a conscious effort to not feel timid. 
to feel empowered and confident and clear. And I made a conscious effort towards doing that. I was more aware when I was feeling that timid or meek feeling. And I got the opportunity to ask myself, what's making me feel that way? Why am I feeling that way? How do I want to feel instead? And how do I, how do I do that? How do I allow myself to do that without, um, without disempowering me? Because we're talking about all things career change today, I wanted to share one of my favorite resources. During my career change into UX, affirmations were my favorite way to instill confidence and keep imposter syndrome at bay. During my coursework, job search, and even once starting my first UX role, affirmations were an important part of my daily practice. And so I went through all my past notebooks and compiled the 50 must-have affirmations to help you land your first UX role and supercharge your job search. You can get them by going to uxhustle.org affirmations. Again, that's uxhustle.org affirmations for the 50 must-have affirmations to help you land your first UX role and supercharge your job search. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So then what do you want your day-to-day experience to be like? Now you can think of this like, what do you want your schedule to look like? What do you want your morning routine to look like? What do you want lunch and meetings and shutting down work at the end of the day to look like? And it can also be what do you want to make sure you have time for? What, what kind of energy do you want to have throughout the day? And then what are you looking forward to? What do you want to make sure you have? And again, this could be a multitude of things for different people in your day-to-day job, in your in, in contrast to your previous career or previous role, what are, you, what are you looking forward to? What do you want to make sure you have that maybe you didn't have before? I work with a lot of former teachers that have stepped into UX and they want to take advantage of the flexibility of the PTO, of not just waiting for summers to take that time off. I even hear from teachers that are excited to negotiate. Like I wanted to negotiate my pay because I never, I wasn't able to before. I'm excited to be up for promotion in the future. And I'm looking forward to positioning myself. I'm looking forward to showcasing my accomplishments in a way that I haven't been able to before. So what is that for you? What are you looking forward to? What do you want to make sure you have? So, so far we've gone through three steps. We have two more steps. We've reflected, we've empowered, we've envisioned, and now we're stepping into embody. Now this sounds a little woo woo, (laughs) but I think it's such an important step. It's how do you want to feel, think, be, and do? 
what are the thoughts and feelings that are going through your head and your body as you're stepping into this new role? How do you want to feel when you step into work mode? What are you thinking throughout the day? What about other situations? What are you thinking in meetings when you're presenting, when you're doing heads down work, when you're getting feedback, when you're giving feedback, when someone disagrees with you? What are you thinking and how are you feeling as you're stepping into this next season of your UX career? And finally, what are you doing? This is one of those questions, like this section, this step of embody. That sometimes when you hear someone say it, <laughs> like you're listening to me say it right now, you're like, mm, I don't know, I would think things. Like I would think about the meeting. I would be prepared. I would be present. And as you start sitting down and writing this out, you're like, oh, I would be present. I would be actively listening to other people. Why? Because I care about other people. Because when I'm stepping into work mode, I'm bringing my own expertise with me. And I'm also respecting other people's expertise in the room. And so I don't feel threatened by other people's expertise. I feel encouraged by listening and understanding their perspective. And to me, that's significant. <laughs> that's an important thing to know about yourself. That's an important sentiment to write down. And to remind yourself that, oh, yeah, that's how I want to be thinking. That's how I want to be approaching my career right now. That's that's an important aspect for me. And so even though I feel confident in what I'm doing and how I'm approaching my work, I'm not defensive about getting feedback. No, I'm excited to get feedback. I'm welcoming feedback. Or if you're like me, I welcome feedback. I also want feedback when I ask for it. <laughs> That's something that was, was a boundary that I needed in my career for a while of I'm not always open to feedback and that's okay. And so this leads into the final step, which is evoke, which is what do you need to do to support all that we've talked about in these previous steps? What plans do we need to make now to better support you so that you can be more yourself and step into this season with more confidence? What boundaries do we need to set? Where do we want to put our focus as we start this new season? 
What's important for us? What relationships do we want to build that will help us achieve our goals, that will help us, you know, continue to embody and envision where we're wanting our careers to go and actually make those things happen? What do we need to do? So for some people, this is, I need to make a plan. I need to write out what's the most important thing for me to do right now um, over the next three months. And I'm going to make my plan and then I'm going to go and sit down with my manager and talk through it with them. And they'll help me fill in the gaps and make sure that we're on the same page so that I can move forward. Um, That sounds amazing. (laughs) That sounds great. That sounds like a great plan. And if you're like, that sounds like a great plan, then awesome. Make that plan. If you're like, oh, that doesn't sound so great. Like that sounds like a good idea and it makes logical sense, but it doesn't really sound like what I need as I'm stepping into this new season. That's great too. What do you need? Sometimes I can be really big picture and a three-month roadmap sounds great to me. Other times, I just need to know what I'm focusing on today. What's my biggest priority today and how am I going to execute it? And how can I set myself up for success to be able to do that? So to me, the key to starting a new role with confidence is to get clear on what you want out of the experience. What are your expectations? And this isn't just to be selfish or only look after yourself. It's definitely not what this is about. (laughs) This is to take care of yourself because that's also your job. And honestly, this helps you help your manager and team so that they know how best to support you because you'll be able to tell them. That's one of the biggest challenges so many of us have in our careers. We step into a one-on-one with our manager. We're like, okay, great. What do you need help with? You're like, mm, I don't know. Or I'm fine. I don't, I don't need anything. I got it. When, and sometimes that's true. And that's totally, again, that's totally fine if that's true. But a lot of the time, what we mean when we say that, what I've meant when I said that sometimes was, I actually don't know how to answer that question right now. And I could really use some help with being able to answer that question better. I think I need to ask myself better questions in order to get to a place where I can answer that question. And that's what a lot of these questions help help me do, help my clients do, is get clearer on what do I want? What's standing in my way from getting there? And what help do I need? What support do I need so that I can do what I want to do, do what I need to do, do what I want to do in a better way, in a more efficient way, in a more productive way, in a more impactful way. And what's cool is that when we can do that for ourselves, we can set expectations for ourselves based on what's important to us and what our career goals are, then we can genuinely ask what others' expectations are. 
so that we can be more aware of them and then include and integrate them into our own expectations. I think a lot of time we just look to other people and say, what do you need from us? What do we need to do? And then we go and we do it. And that's fine. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you've gotten to a place in the past where you've felt, or even right now, where you felt like you don't have much control or say in your career or in what you're doing, set expectations with yourself first so that you can better communicate them with other people. So then you can ask and receive those other people's expectations and then choose how you want to respond while staying in integrity with what you want and need. Because then you can see others, other people setting expectations and communicating those expectations with you as an invitation, as the start of a conversation to where you can better understand where those expectations come from, why they're important, and how to integrate them into your own expectations for how you want your career and your role to go. So an example is, you know, you get this big opportunity to be on a big project, but it's going to take some time to get up to speed because you'll be starting in the middle of it. The project's already been going on, so you're getting thrown in the middle. So you might respond by gathering up all the relevant information, setting up meetings with various people from the project and working longer hours in order to, quote, catch up. That might be your knee-jerk reaction. That might be how you respond. But after going through this exercise, you might see, well, I also have certain things that are important to me right now. I have certain things coming up with my family. There are certain priorities that I have in my personal life to where I really don't want to be working, you know, long hours in order to catch up on this project. So how might we, <laughs> how might we? prioritize what the goal is for this project right now and streamline this process so that I can get up to speed more quickly and more efficiently so that I'm understanding where things are at at the appropriate level so that I have enough information to do what I need to do even though this project is in the middle. Like, I really just need to know where things stand right now and you know, what we did to get here. And if I have additional questions about how we got here and why we made certain decisions, I'm going to write those down. <laughs> I'm going to keep a big old log of all the questions that I have and schedule a meeting, you know, a 15, 30 minute meeting with whoever is appropriate on the project to ask those questions to. And maybe I do that every week for the first three weeks until I feel like I have a good understanding of this project. Because I know the number of questions I have is going to go down. <laughs> I know that I'll get a lot of questions answered just by sitting in those meetings and I'll feel more confident as I go on. And maybe I set up a contingency plan for myself of saying, okay, if after three weeks, I still don't feel 
up to speed or caught up on this project. I'm going to reevaluate what I've been doing and see where the gaps and holes are in my understanding and, you know, get with my manager to talk through if there's something else that I'm missing and get the answers to the questions I have so that I can close that gap as quickly as possible. So that's just one example. And I know it's probably not, it might not be a super tangible example, but it's one where you can see that we have the option of approaching things differently. And when we're able to clearly see where our boundaries are, where our expectations are, and be able to solve problems from that place, it actually allows us to be more creative. It allows us to see what are the different possibilities? What are the different ways that I can look at this problem so that I can achieve the goal of getting up to speed and achieve my personal goal, which is not working super long hours? How can I creatively look at these problems and solve them in a way that is a win-win or as Michael Scott from the office, like a win, win, win. Cause I win from helping you win and you win. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I hope this gives you some good ideas of how to transition into UX, how to transition from one career, one role, one job to another and do it in a way that helps you integrate all the things that you've learned, celebrate the accomplishments that you've made and step into this next role with confidence, clarity, and feeling empowered that you're ready. You're ready. You're ready to do the thing. So if you found this episode helpful, I would love it if you could send me an email at amanda at uxhustle.org and tell me what you learned, what your biggest takeaway was. You can also tag me on Instagram at Amanda M. Worthington or, you know, tag me on LinkedIn, send me a message, connect with me. I love talking with you in my DMs and hearing where you're at in your UX career and how I can help you. And until next time, keep hustling. Thank you for listening to this episode of the UX Hustle podcast. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with future episodes, make sure to hit the follow button or the plus on our page. If you loved this episode, then leave us a review on iTunes to let us know. And I'd love to stay connected with you. Yes, you. So take a moment to add me, Amanda Worthington, on LinkedIn and on Instagram at Amanda M. Worthington and at the UX Hustle message me and say, hey, connecting from the UX Hustle podcast and let me know what you loved about this episode. You can also head over to uxhustle.org to hear about any free events or programs we have available to help you up-level your UX career, no matter where you are on your career journey. So until next time, keep hustling.